Hey guys, this is Kevin Baldus from Lit, and you're listening to my weekly mixtape with Brian Colburn. This show kicks ass. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. One of the things I'm excited to do on My Weekly Mixtape is speak with some of the incredible artists whose music has been featured on countless mixtapes and playlists of mine, and in some instances, build the perfect mixtape for that artist with that artist, which is exactly what's going down tonight. Joining me for tonight's collaboration is Kevin Baldus, Basis for Lit, and tonight we are curating a mixtape of our favorite Lit tunes. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me tonight on My Weekly Mixtape. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure having you on. Kevin, I'm going to start tonight's show by asking you the same question I ask each and every one of my guests. What does the word mixtape mean to you? Well, I've made many mixtapes when I was younger. I think it's just a a hybrid of your favorite songs. But, you know, a mixtape can go in any, any direction. You can make a mixtape for a buddy. Like, you know, maybe they're going to play football and they need uh, uh, some songs to help them get amped up. So you make a mixtape of that. Me, I'd make mixtapes for girlfriends and I'd put, uh, you know, Journey in Chicago and what have you. <laughs> yeah. Well, tonight's show will be a first for my weekly mixtape because not only are we curating a mix of our favorite lit tunes, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll also be balancing a 50-50 mix between my fan perspective and Kevin's, you know, being in the band and all perspective. Yeah. So I've got my bank of lit tunes that I'm ready to add to tonight's mixtape, and it comes from three different perspectives. Songs that I feel are important to the band's history as a fan, underrated songs from across the band's catalog, and my obvious personal favorites. My goal is to hopefully squeeze in a mix of all of those into the final mixtape tonight. Now, Kevin, as a member of the band and someone whose creativity was paramount in making these songs what they are today, where are you personally coming from with your bank of lit songs? I'm looking to piss my band off with the songs I wish we would play live, uh, but we never do. That being said, I'm going to kind of go at this with songs that I love from our set and songs that I wish were in the set is kind of where I'm going to come from. But I'm also going to open because when we make a headlining set, it sucks when we have to make like a half an hour set. It's the worst. It, like, what do you put on there? There's a shit you have to put on there that you have to put on there. And then there's the stuff that you wish you could do and the stuff that you wish you could do never ends up on there because you got to you don't have much time and you got to put a bunch of stuff on there that you have to do, you know, and it, I just had this concept the other day and I was talking to somebody. I wish we had about 10 songs that were like way deep cuts and we put 10 of them in a bag and each night we would put our hand in the hat and we would or maybe we even let fans pick 10 songs that are deep cuts, not singles at all, deep cuts. And then we pick the top 10 of those selections. And every night we pick it from the hat and we have to add it. Song number five is the deep cut. And, you know, and so every night we get to play an oddball song and it's always different. I wish that was something we did, but we don't. And it sucks. Well, now that you've put it out in the universe, maybe it will become a thing because I am team deep cut from the band. Yeah. Yeah. 
I already know what song I wish we would open the show with. Well, let's get down to business then. Tonight, as I mentioned earlier, Kevin and I will be curating the Songs of Lit mixtape, and we'll use the old cassette deck approach, meaning our mixtape will be broken up into two sides, side A and side B. Kevin, as the special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up his choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip and we'll map out side B. Only this time, I'll kick the side off with Kevin choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best lit mixtape possible using only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you can take our conversation to the next level by visiting the Songs of Lit page at myweeklymixtape.com and give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. Finally, if you like what you're hearing on My Weekly Mixtape, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. Kevin, I'm officially pressing record on the Songs of Lit mixtape and the floor is yours. Why don't you dive into the song you would kick off side A with? Dude, it comes off of our, our first album, Trippin' Life Fantastic. You know, for years, and we continue to open, ah, we actually changed it up recently. Uh, but the first track off of A Place in the Sun is called Four. That's been our opener. And for good reason, we used to write songs for what we needed for the set and how we wanted the set to go. So Four was kind of written as an intro to the set. That's why it's kind of an aggressive song. It's a bit faster. It's got a lot of meat on it. But for my mixtape here, I'm going to start the, the track listing off with My World off of Trippin' Life Fantastic. I brought that bass line to the rehearsal. It's funny because I'm not far from where that rehearsal space was that Trip and Light Fantastic, A Place in the Sun, and Atomic were written out. I'm only blocks away from it currently. So I would definitely put my, I'd open it up with My World because I just think that's a kick in the balls, man, that song. is. I wish we'd play it in our set now. I'm not going to lie. I do too. I think that song is probably my favorite off of Tripping the Life Fantastic. It has that distinct lit sound, but I also feel yeah. there's a, dare I use the word, because I know some people might take this the wrong way, but I feel like there's a touch of grunge in that song. It's a grungier lit sure. track. And I absolutely, as a bass player, I love that opening. It immediately grabs my attention. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one to play too, man. It's, it's, a, it's a fast rhythm, you know? It sounds like it's just, easy and it kind of is once your wrist is used to it but it's a cool rhythm you know the whole song you know and the song is all of a minute and a half i mean it's a short song but man it's a kick in the balls and it was actually the first video we ever made was for that song my world well following that up i'm gonna go to the other side of the spectrum here because i was put on notice by my nine-year-old that my first song choice had to be her favorite cut Okay. So I am going to go with my nine-year-old's favorite lit song. And you might laugh when you hear what it is, but it's off your latest album, 2022's Taste Like Gold. And it's kicked off the plane. Okay. Now, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but when that chorus kicks in, she is singing along at the top of her lungs. And she's actually said to me, Dad, why do people get kicked off planes? And I said... I I, I have no idea what happened, hun. Maybe it was just a misunderstanding or something, but right, right. <laughs> a misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely loves that song. It's so do I. It's so infectious. It's so catchy. And it it is really the polar 
other side of the spectrum from my world. So I wanted to right. do something new. I like to bounce around throughout the catalog. So this one's for you, sweetie. Yeah. Not you, sweetie, Kevin, but my daughter, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And I'm going to go with kicked off the plane. I have to ask, though, without her listening, I'll, I'll pause this part of the podcast for her. Is that an autobiographical track for the band? Yes, AJ, Jeremy, and our guitar tech, Christian, had a little bit too much fun the night before, and then they kept the fun going the next morning, and they, they tried to keep the fun going onto the plane, and then uh, that's where their day started. And I don't think they... I live in California. I think we were flying from Texas home, and they were flying from Texas to Tennessee, and I think I got home way before they got home because they had to hang out in the airport for quite a while. But that is a real song that it really did happen. I blame our guitar tech. I do not blame my band members because they know better. <laughs> They're professionals. All right, Kevin, what are you going to follow up? Kicked off the it's plane. It's funny with? because I feel like it's more than a mixtape. I feel like I'm making a set list. I feel like I'm sitting in, in a room with a band member that is okay with me choosing whatever I want. So I'm going to go ahead and take that feeling and roll with it. So we started with the first album we started with, and then we went to the latest album. I'm going to meet somewhere in the middle now, and we're going to go with our single off our self-titled album. Looks like they were right. Nice. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I feel, I feel like we gave them a one-two punch with uh, My World into Kicked Off the Plane. And then the way Looks Like They Were Right starts, it starts out with bass and drums again, but it's a little bit groovier. It's not the the attack of My World. It's it settles in for a second, and then the song kicks off again. I'm a big fan. When we get to do a headlining set, I feel like the first four to five songs need to be on attack mode. And then by six and seven, we can chill out a little bit. You know, six and seven, eight, somewhere in there, we can start introducing newer songs. It's funny because if you look at our latest set list, it, it is kind of a, a roller coaster ride. And everything's kind of thought out, you know, you, you, it, anybody's got to kind of think out how they're going to do their set list, you know, or in this case, a mixtape. So it looks like they were right. And we don't currently play that song live. And I wish we did. And it was a single. We have a video for it and everything. I'm going to absolutely echo that. That should be in the playlist. Not only is the song absolutely infectious and perfect early in the night, that was on my list of songs that I was hoping to get in tonight. So you saved me the heartache of having to cut it. I will call this easily the, the band's self-titled album is the most underrated album in your entire discography. And I'll go as far as to say this is the most underrated single that the band has ever put out. I feel like this should be up there with the My Own Worst Enemies of the songs. I feel like this is one of the best, and I'm so glad you put it in. Oh, thank you. As a bass player, I love the walking that you're doing underneath the guitar riff that's very chuggy along with the drums, and you're kind of moving the song into the different progressions. So thank it's you. catchy and iconic for me in the catalog, and it's just so upbeat. There's no way that this song should not have been in this list. And if the rest of the band is listening, please put it in the set list moving forward. because <laughs> The self-titled album is so damn good. Thank you, man. We, we hear that a lot. You know, the hardcore fans that come out, it's funny because they always, we love your new stuff, but man, that black album is really, you know, they call it the black album or self-titled or whatever, but uh, the self-titled album is, is a, a fan favorite for sure. And man, what do we 
I don't even know what we play off it. I haven't seen anything looking at setlist.fm recently. God. Ah, man. You know, new year, new setlist. I, I wish we would really dig deep into our pocket and grab some new songs to put in the set. Something just different and, and out there, man. We got a lot of really good songs. I really wish we would utilize those songs in our set list. And to be honest with you, I should be the guy in the band that kind of keeps track of what we played in what city because, you know, certain big cities, you kind of hit two to three times a year. You might hit Houston, but you might hit like Cyprus right outside of Houston. And then you might hit another city outside of Houston. But ultimately, it's a lot of the same fans coming to see you. And you don't want to keep playing the same thing for them all the time. You want to give them different songs, you know. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. Well, coming out of looks like they were right. I want to keep that energy up. And I do want to give the lit fans something that everybody knows. So I am going to go back to 1999's A Place in the Sun, the band's iconic album. And I am going to go with Ziploc. Look. The video is iconic. You got D. Snyder to recreate the iconic role that Mark Metcalf played in Animal House, as well as the We're Not Gonna Take It video. Having him in the song must have been surreal. Oh, yeah. And then in an ahem, Blink and You'll Miss It cameo, the guys from Blink-182 continued their What's My Age Again streaking yeah. in the music video for this song. I'd love to yeah. know how that whole situation came about. We were, uh, well, we don't talk to him a whole lot anymore, but we, we saw him in Texas and outside of Dallas, we did a show with them and, and uh, we ran into him and, it, you know, it's like time hasn't passed, but as far as like testing him on a daily basis, you know, none of us really do that. But when we see him, it's like, you know, hugs and kisses and how you doings. But when we were on the warp tour, they were on their way up, things were breaking for them and things were breaking for us. So, you know when you're coming up with ideas for a video and especially that video where it's going to be a party scene, you know, obviously we were buddying with Blink-182 at the time and they had this video with their, where they're running naked. We were like, Hey, what if you guys ran naked through our video? And obviously it's a good play for them because it, now it's even more MTV time of them being on MTV. Oh my God, there's the naked guys running again. So it was, <laughs> for its time, it was a really good idea and you know, it's one for the books for sure. It was cool that they came down and did that. And the, as far as the D Snyder Twisted Sister nod, we had that idea forever, for, way before we broke. We were like, man, if we ever get to do a video, how cool would it be to continue the whole Twisted Sister idea, but for ourselves, but have D play him and blah, blah, blah. So it worked out really well. And then we ended up being asked to be on the tribute album, album for Twisted Sister. So that led to that as well. And we're still friends with D. So we'll, when we he came out to Long Island and came on stage and we did a Twisted Sister song with them and it was killer. That's where they're from. So yep, imagine yep. that. Well, being a big cover song nerd myself, I absolutely love your cover of I Wanna Rock. And I'm not gonna lie, it is sitting in my bank, but I don't know if we'll get to it. We gotta see. All right. But I also being a cover song nerd, in 2010, the Wonder Years did a cover of Ziploc. And I'm curious if you ever heard it and what you thought of a cover of your band song. I think I did hear it. I've heard a lot of My Worst Enemy covers, ranging from folk to acapella to metal, like hard, hard, hard metal. I've heard people do things to the song 
that I thought were really unique and kind of interesting. Like, wow, I didn't even think to do that, but they did it, you know? And then I've heard Michelle Branch. I've heard Warrant. Dude, I've heard Suicidal Tendencies cover My Worst Enemy. I've heard everybody. Yeah, I've heard everybody cover that song. All right. I think coming out of Ziploc, Ziploc was a great one because we do the bass and drums intro for a while and it gives AJ a breather. That's something else you got to think of your singer. You got to give him moments to kind of catch his breath, kind of say something to the audience, kind of chill out for a second. So we do a bass and drum kind of breakdown or lead track into that song. So coming out of that, I think we should bounce over to, uh, God, we already, let's see. I think we should grab something off Atomic. And I think it should be, I'm trying to think of how, uh, let's go into Everything's Cool. It's funny, Everything's Cool was never a single, but it was kind of the unsingled single on Atomic, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have been asking for that and Addicted off Atomic are, are the kind of the two requested songs. So I think we should go into Everything's Cool. Something different, you know? I think that song, I actually, again, would like to play that song live myself aj is up for it i'm not sure where jeremy stands on it and taylor our drummer is literally up for anything he he comes into the band as a lit fan so true story taylor tried out for lit and didn't even try out because we needed him really bad and we were told he knew everything by lit i was like ah here we go one of these guys (laughs) thinking he didn't know literally he played every song perfectly and then said, what else do you guys want to play? And we had to look at him and go, we literally don't know any more of our songs. And he knew more, <laughs> he knew more songs than we did. The guy's a geek, man. He's he's crazy. He's an amazing drummer. And he definitely adds a really cool element to the band. And uh, it's, so there you go. Well, we're bouncing around the catalog. And yeah. because we hit Atomic, I want to jump out to 2012. And I want to go to the view from the bottom. Oh, nice. Okay. And I'm going to pull a song that I feel is, again, another extremely underrated song in the band's catalog. And it's a song called You Tonight. Thank you. I wrote that one. I know. Along with, uh, it says here, Marty Fredrickson and the Brothers Pop-Off. So yeah. I would love to know what it was like working with Marty Fredrickson because of he's had a lot of tons of like metal and hard rock stuff. And I feel like that's an element that between you and him, because I know you're a hard rock guy as well, I feel like yeah. you tonight has a little bit more of a hard rock edge and I feel like it sticks out in a good way for me as a hard rock fan amongst other songs in the catalog. So I'd love to know more about this one. So fun story. I'm glad you brought that song up. Uh, we were in Nashville. Everybody was writing and AJ and Jeremy had a co-write that day. And so they left the studio and I was hanging out with Marty and our then drummer, Nate Walker. Nate Walker and I were out front on this like porch in Nashville and I had an acoustic guitar. And one thing about me and songwriting, when I write a riff, the riff is almost percussive. It, it has a, a percussive groove to it. So like, if you listen to you tonight, it's da 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 So I write a lot of riffs like that. Needle and thread off of the self-titled as well. Same kind of riff, you know, throw away. Uh, off of what album was that off of atomic i don't know that was from the self-titled album as well yeah yeah same kind of idea it's that groovy percussive da 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 you know so i tend to write riffs like that so i wrote the riff and the music and i even came up with a melody line and i i went 
inside and I said, Marty, you got to admit it. And he came outside and he heard me play it. He grabbed his guitar and he had to change the key because I sing super high. So I, my brain automatically goes to high notes and he goes, we got to, AJ's not going to be able to sing that high, you know? And I was like, crap, I didn't think of that. So he helped me adjust it back down to where it would be comfortable for AJ to sing, which ultimately I think worked probably better. I mean, I don't know that my high tenor voice would be soothing for the ears, you know, imagine <laughs> that. So imagine you tonight higher, you know, right. it probably would be rad. People like it the way it is now. So Marty was right in having to lower the key. And uh, so we did that and we started demoing up the song. And to this day, man, I kind of have demo what they call demo fever. I almost like the demo better than I like the actual recorded version of our song. There's a percussive thing in it that didn't get translate very well over to the album version. And I was so bummed. I actually tried to get Poncho Sanchez. He's a Grammy award winning uh, Latin jazz percussionist out of Whittier, California. And I've got connections with him. And I tried to get him to do his um, his bongos and tablas on you tonight. And I, in my head, I was like, dude, this will be so epic if he does this. It would be such a cool tie-in, too. And if we did a video for the song, it would have been even better having him do it. He's got this crazy beard, big Latin dude, but ultimately never happened. So anyways, great choice. I love it. Thank you very much. And that song goes in and out of uh, rotation on the set list currently. So I always, I love the vibe, but man, it has an STP kind of feel to it. You know, it bounces back, back and forth, something like they would have written. So, okay. So we're coming off of uh, you tonight. Yes, sir. So I think, uh, I think what, where are we at? Number five in the set list? We're at number seven right now. Oh, we are. <laughs> okay. Time to like my, my set list writing is going to go. And so it's time to mellow out a little bit. And one song I wish we would bring into the set list would be, uh, Let's go with the wall off of uh, View from the Bottom. Great track. Back to back from View from the Bottom. Yeah, why not, right? Definitely. We Definitely. got everybody's emotions there. But the wall is uh, it's, it's a personal song. I didn't actually help write that song, but it, it is personal. I think it's an awesome song. And uh, there's more behind the picture than the wall, you know? That's a cool sentiment to say. Um, because everybody has a picture on the wall and that picture was taken at a special time, you know, typically a wedding picture or uh, you and your girlfriend on the beach or maybe a picture of you on stage at a special event. You know, you can look at a picture. I'm a photographer as well. So pictures mm -hmm. are really close to my heart. So uh, I know what picture they're talking about. I know what the song was written about. It's a picture that was taken on Alan's last Orange County show. And we were at the edge of the stage taking a bow. And I got these canvases made for each guy in the band to have on their wall. And it's it's that picture. It's a sold out, beyond sold out crowd at the House of Blues Anaheim uh, about 2008 or it might have been early 2009. But it's the four of us taking a bow, you know, packed house. And I think when they were sitting down to write that song, they co-wrote it with somebody and somebody said, well, what's that picture all about? You know, and they, that's when they went into it, you know, well, it's funny you should ask about that picture because there's a lot behind that picture, you know? So that's kind of how that song was, was written. So I was told, you know, AJ and Jeremy might be able to shed a little bit more light on it, but that's what I believe it was about. I feel like the view from the bottom as a whole was 
probably the and and this is coming from a fan the most personal album for the band because losing Alan you know a year earlier must have had a profound impact on all of you and I feel like that comes through in these songs yeah you're right it does and and it did um yeah you're right it's it's a it's a it's a crazy album for sure oh another thought uh we're talking about the wall but the song before that you tonight the broken was written the same day as you tonight at the exact same time wow fun fact wow very cool yeah so yeah. i have to ask while we're on the view from the bottom right now butch walker produced that album he's done a lot of stuff with you guys throughout the years co-writing guesting on tracks what did he bring to these sessions because obviously the band was going through a lot at that time and this was the first album from the band in eight years from the self-titled album yeah we started production on that album with a guy named matt something i forget his name i i hate that i forget his name but it wasn't it wasn't jiving very well so we jumped ship and we went with butch walker so a bulk of the music was kind of there and we were able to get in with butch and he was able to add some bells and whistles to it and most specifically the what he added to uh god off the top of my head i remember being in the in the studio with butch and he brought in a floor tom two floor toms and some drumsticks and he had our drummer meet him in the in there i had no idea what the hell he was doing and he recorded this drum beat thing like a, a tribal beat and i was like what the hell is this for and he and he put it on um same shit different drink and there's a there's a, a tribal beat thing to that and he came up with that but you know he put butch walker's touch on everything and then added his his deal to the whole thing it, butch is he's a sweetheart we've known him for years and we're always happy to he, he's a close friend. So it's really easy to to just bring him in on something. And, and he's usually, you know, if he's available, he is a busy guy. But uh, when we can, it's great. You know, uh, these are the days he ended up doing a video with us. We had him out for that. We've done tours with him and co-writes and all kinds of stuff with him. So it, it was cool. It was an honor to have him on it because he's a very talented guy. If, if you're out there and you're scratching your head and, and asking yourself who's Butch Walker, just go to uh, go to your favorite platform, music platform, and type his name in. And uh, he's he's got a great body of work, you know. And, and he's oh my produced God. the biggest bands in the world. So, but even for his stuff on like the Spade to me is such a fantastic album. And then you go back to the obviously the stuff with the Marvelous Three when yeah. they would tour with you guys back when. Um, uh, Place in the Sun was blowing up. They were a frequent opener on a lot of your shows, at least through my yeah. area in the tri-state area he what they were yeah yeah we did a whole tour with him yep yeah, i think he had a song called mixtape yes sir that was from the 2004 album letters yes yes fun fact all right so coming out of the wall i want to pick it back up again all right and i'm going to go all the way back to the beginning i'm going to go back to 1996 and i'm going to go off of five smoking tracks from all right hurry up wait up i'm going to go with bitter yeah, man. Another one, man. I uh, my guys will not do it, but I I would what? I would rock that in I know, dude. I would rock that in a set in a heartbeat, dude. It's a it's a banger. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you bang the crap out of the crowd? Wow. Mind yeah. blown. I, that would be one that I would just think cuz that's the roots. That's where it all started. The first song on the first EP, like for the I guess you'd call it the OGs, the original fan base. That was everyone's first introduction to the band. Yeah, I know, man. All right. All right. So we come off that and then we're going to go into uh life that I got. 
we're going to go, we're going to bring them all the way up to the new album, to the song that we are currently pushing. We are currently playing our set now and it's doing very well. People love it. We just played um, the rock boat, sister Hazel's rock boat. And we had American authors come up on stage and do uh, life that I got with us because they, they co-wrote that song with us. Yes. And dude, having them up on stage, going back and forth with AJ on the vocals was killer. It was a lot of fun. It's a great song. I love the new album. And I, you know, obviously we haven't, of all the albums we've talked about tonight so far, we have not talked about, and I don't know if we will, I have some tracks from it sitting in my list, but 2017's These Are The Days, I just haven't found a place that a song will fit yet. Right. But. We still have a whole second side to go, but coming out of the life I got, I'm actually going to do something and go deep again. All right. Because to me, this is a song that closes a very personal album for the band. And to me, it just feels like one of those power pop tracks that I think would have been a massive hit for the band had it been released as a single. And I'm going to go with the closing track for the third time on side A from the view from the bottom. And I'm going to go with right this time. Yeah. I feel like this is the band flexing some power pop muscles. And this is the kind of song that I would hear on a road trip in a convertible with the top down. It's a feel good song. Baby, not in practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very reflective. It just puts you kind of like in the rear view mirror. And I feel like, yeah, you know, the album was very deep, the view from the bottom, but I feel like there was this positive yeah. outlook at the end of it that really you know, signal the future ahead for the band after a really terrible thing happened, yeah. obviously. So to yeah. me, that song is a perfect set closer or a perfect side closer in this instance. And I'm going to go with right this time. Dude, thanks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one, man. I'm, I'm loving that you're grabbing these songs, you know? This is fun. It's a fun uh, way to do an interview and doing a mixtape. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> Well, that just closed side A. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to review side A with our mixtapers. And we kick things off with My World. Kicked off the plane. Looks like they were right. Ziploc. Everything's cool. You Tonight. The Wall. Bitter. The Life I Got. And Right This Time. Wow. You could always head over to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the lit playlist embedded on the episode page. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Now, before we flip this proverbial mixtape over to side B, Kevin, 2022 was a busy year for the band. Taste Like Gold was your first album in a long while. And you also did some tracks with other musicians that I just wanted to highlight for a second. The first being a song you guys recorded with Diamante called American Dream. How did that pairing come together? Well, Taylor, our drummer, is the boyfriend of Diamante. So he came to us and we all kind of just were like, yeah, do whatever you want to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad we did that song. But in hindsight, I kind of wish we would have done something new for her, new for us. Basically, we just covered her song, you know, it was already written. It was her song, which I think is neat. It shows a different side of lit, you know, and, and maybe a different kind of sound, I guess. And it was all in fun. It's done very well. We never did a video for it. Ah, They did some kind of video for it, but not like a video video a lot of rehearsal footage yeah i wish we would have probably done a cover but some kind of deep cut cover and we could have whipped it up and made it something different you know i don't know what that cover would have been you know i don't know pat benatar but or or maybe there's a, a duet out there of a guy and girl and we rock that out and then they have their parts you know hmm, i'm almost hearing dare i say it Stop dragging my heart around. Oh, yeah. Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty. I could hear a little bit of that punk flavor being added to that. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. Maybe I'll bring that up. If it happens, you could say you heard it here first. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You love the Tom Petty, you know? Oh, of course, man. Of course. Another track the band appeared on in 2022 is Chad Tepper's 777. Yeah. AJ found him online. I don't even know how he found him. And he brought him to our attention. And then uh, it started with having him do a show, a local show. He's from L.A. And, and uh, we did a, a hometown show. Well, hometown, for as the history of Lit goes, I mean, Jeremy and AJ live in Tennessee now. But uh, we played House of Blues Anaheim. And we just wanted fresh new blood on the bill. So we picked all fresh new blood to be on the bill with us and chad was on the bill with us and that's where you know leading up to the show obviously we were going back and forth with him on on helping to promote the show and whatnot and then um when we did the show i think that just led to hey we got to write a song together blah 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 and uh, aging jeremy wrote that song with him so but every day i take my kid to school he's listening to that song literally every day and it, it's a great song it's a great track i absolutely yeah. love it well with that we're gonna move on to side b and I get to kick off side B. Okay. And I want to kick off side B with some aggression, but I want to go old school, but also slightly newer school, if you will. So I am going to go with All a right. song that was featured on five smoking tracks from Trippin' the Life Fantastic, as well as the version I picked, which was on A Place in the Sun. I'm going to kick off side B with No Big Thing. Yep, No Big Thing. All right. My question for that is, how and why did the song end up on 
three subsequent releases? Was it a song that you guys all felt very strongly about? Or, it, it, I mean, the song kicks ass. That's why I'm putting it on here. Yeah, I, it just kind of, for its time, it really fit all the different key ingredients that we loved. The EP was a uh, delicious vinyls idea. I want to say maybe that the EP is the demo version. And then we did a trip and a light fantastic version. And that album did okay. So when it came time to do the RCA, we were said, we said, Hey, let's give that song another chance. You know, let's, let's try and do it. So we recorded it yet again. You know, we love that song and it went away for a long time and it's back in the set now. So it's a fun, easy song for people to chew on, you know, and it, there's nothing else like it in the set. You know, it's kind of our our nod to like face to face, which is a SoCal punk yes. band yes. that we grew up. And it's the closest thing we got to a face to face song. And, you know, now that you mention it, I hear that big time. Wow, that is that is awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely. My first uh, punk pit was face to face. AJ grabbed me by the arm and threw me in the pit. And all of a sudden there I was. And it was a big pit. And this is about 94, 95, I guess. I don't know what album they were on, but it was early. And uh, the venue was called the Ice House. And it's now, I think, a Korean church right in Fullerton. <laughs> but uh, so going into our next song, it's funny because you kind of put the carriage before the horse or however they say that, because we usually do miserable into no big thing. But mm -hmm. I, you're doing no big thing and I'm going into miserable. So I, we got to throw miserable in there. The bass player for Lit of Me is knowing that we should probably throw some singles in there. And, you you know, you already got, looks like they were right, Bitter, Ziploc in there. But we need Miserable in there. So I got to plop that in there. So I'm going to wage a wild guess here. You've played with the band on a lot of stages, be it boats, theaters, stadiums. I'm guessing the stage, quote unquote, that you played on in that video might be your favorite of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for those that don't know that would be the video where they played on i guess you would just say a pam anderson's butt yeah we yeah every part of her body we played on <laughs> it was that was a very special time man it, the funny thing behind that video is rca came to us with a treatment that we would be performing on a on a 50 foot woman's body and then she would eat us at the end and we were completely against it until we got asked to do vip and then we circled back around and said listen if you can get Pam to be the 50 foot woman, we'll, we'll do it. So our, we'll talk to her people. And then she came back with the idea. All right, we'll premiere the video. I'll do the video, but we're going to premiere it on my VIP show. And so we were like, all right, done deal. And so it really, really worked out in everybody's favor. And it was really special that she did it. We hated the idea of a 50 foot woman. We thought it was kind of lame. And all of a sudden you plop the idea of Pam being the 50 foot woman. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that could be cool. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you flipped the two together because I was at some point debating if I went with miserable, if you would take the nod and go into no big thing. But I said, you know what? We're going a little deeper tonight. And I like that. And I'm going to go a little yeah. deeper again, but I'm going to go right. with 2001's Atomic. And this is something we talked about earlier in the night. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because yeah. Oh yeah. I think this should be in every lit set list. It's one of the most underrated songs in the band's catalog. I'm going with Addicted. Yeah, okay, I'll back that. I like that. Uh, and then to follow that up, I'm gonna we gotta touch on the new album, and I'm gonna go with a single off the new album. I'm gonna go with Mouth Shut. Nice. You worked with Adrian yeah. Young of No Doubt on that song. What was that like? Yeah, 
he's an old friend of ours and he lives in uh, Southern California. I mean, it almost doesn't matter where anybody lives anymore, right? You could just, you could send tracks via email. So he has a studio at his house. So he played the drums in his basement to that. So when you listen to Mouth Shut, it's funny. I I go into rabbit holes and I was on a rabbit hole on Spotify the other day. And I went into, uh, you know, if you go look up a band like Lit or No Doubt, you scroll down and it says, this is No Doubt, right? And you go into that folder and it'll give you all kind of like the top songs that you should listen to to really know who No Doubt is, right? Well, Mouth Shut is in there in that folder and i thought that was pretty cool you know yeah he's a hell of a drummer he's got a, a unique style of his own yeah he's a great guy too man he's he's the sweetest dude and he's he's off his rocker but in a in a really good way you know he he doesn't take life too seriously but he has fun he knows how to have fun and we we've got nothing but great stories and him and alan were really close and uh he wore a shirt in the video i heart al and that was a shirt that was at the uh house of blues show for alan to raise money for him when he was sick uh it's also the same show where we did the bowel that ended up being the photo that is mentioned in the wall so all that wow if you, if you back of all that yeah so well a full circle moment there yeah there you go what are you gonna follow that up with i i gotta go back to the self-titled album i all love right. that album i'm so so thankful for that album it's got so many great songs that i feel are just not represented anymore and that should be and i'm going to go with the album opener too fast for a u-turn this song is ridiculously heavy it is bombastic i love the yeah. whole i gotta get 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 to you it's got that just it's choppy and it's what a way to kick off an album and i said it before the band's most underrated album i wish this album got more love because it truly has some great music on it and coming out of mouth shut i feel like you're cranking up the energy a little bit before we kind of get to the big finish of the mixtape here so too fast for a u-turn okay i'll be curious where this sits in your in your mind with the band i love you we just call it simply u-turn it was on a set list for a long 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 time i like it uh it's a different kind of sound for us Jeremy's using a special pedal on that that gives us a unique sound. And oddly enough, I do a very kind of weird tuning on, on my bass for that song. Hmm. And I love it when bass players come up to me and go, what do you tune to on that to get that song? Because it's not E and it's not half step down. But in order for me to hit that low note, I just simply go, uh, I just tune my bass, the E string just slightly down to the 11th note on the A string. So live, I just slide my finger down I and I hit both strings and I just tune it down and then i can play the song that way wild because the e wasn't low enough to hit that low note so when we wrote the song i was like where is it and it was just one note down from e high e because i i was gonna have to hit that high note and i was like screw that i'm just gonna tune the e down to that that note that if you're a guitar player or a bass player you know what i'm talking about but yes i just wanted that lo low note for the song so it was simply an adjustment on the E string and and I did it. And then I would just tune right back up at the end of the song. So it just take, it would literally take me a second to t tune down, tune up, you know? All right. I love it. Yeah. I, I get some, uh, some bass nerd out of this tonight as well. Yeah. So track six tracks. Oh, okay. I, we definitely have to bring this into the set. It's, I got a couple already in my head that I know we got to add to the set, but we have to put four in there. Four is the, 
it's almost the uh, it's the single that never was. And every person that went out and bought A Place in the Sun had to hear this song. It's not a deep song on the album. It's the first track off the biggest album. And for, so for it almost is like a, its own single. So it's awesome when you open with that song or even play it in the set because it's almost like we can plop four anywhere in the set and it's almost as if you're starting the set now. So currently we open with a kicked off the plane and then we kick into four. Nice. Almost like we go out and test the waters with kicked off the plane and then the set starts with four. You know, it's kind of how it feels right now. It's kind of rad, but I'm, I'm going to add four in there because it's it's a rocker, you know, and it's it's a great song. I absolutely love it. Obviously, it kicks off the band's seminal album that everybody should know. I am going to follow that up, though, with track seven. I'm going to bring it down a notch because I feel like right, right before the end, you want to have that moment. You want to yeah. have the lighters up in the air. And I've always been curious about this. I'm going to go off of 2002's Mr. Deeds soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go with Happy in the Meantime, but I'm going to go with the remix, which actually features more drums and bass versus the version on Atomic, which is just straight up acoustic. I'm very yeah. curious why there were two versions of that song and you know what the reasoning behind it was going to the soundtrack with kind of a full band version. Kind of out of our hands, but we kind of backed it. I'm going to all transparency. It's a special song and, and, uh, it is, you know, the song wasn't written to be a hit. It was just a song written because it was a, it was a thought. It was a, and it hit close to home for us, you know, being happy in the meantime and all that. So, but when it came around to having to select another single off of Atomic, Lipstick and Bruises wasn't My Own Worst Enemy. I love Lipstick and Bruises. And if you're a Lip fan, you love that song, but it's not My Own Worst Enemy. Um, it's not meant maybe for the masses, I guess. I don't know. But RCA wanted to see what they could do with Happy in the Meantime. And so they were like, well, let's try and add drums to this. So we tr we went back in the studio and tried to pepper it up a little bit and, and make kind of almost turn it into a different song. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we ever went to radio with it. As a matter of fact, where did you find that song? Is it out there? It's on the Mr. Deed soundtrack, as well as the platinum and gold compilation for the band. Got it. Got it. All right. So I got to look that up and listen to it. I haven't heard that in years. Oh, I mean, wow. for one, I, I haven't watched I haven't watched Mr. Deeds since it actually probably came out. I don't even know if I finished the whole thing. That's with Adam Sandler, right? Yeah, we 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 watched it with the kids because my daughter has a, my fourteen year old has an affinity for Adam Sandler humor right now. So we're kind of doing the Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore, Mister Deeds kind of binge with her right now. Okay, yeah, I gotta I gotta check that out when when my kid gets done with the football year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Spotify and see if I can't find that. I'm gonna follow up your Happy in the Meantime. I'm gonna throw another single in there. And I love that we brought this back. Did I already put lipstick and bruises in this mixtape? You did not. It's got to be in there, man. It's a, yep. it's a dude. It's a banger, man. It's it's a great song. I love the video, and so I'm dropping that one on you. So then I have to ask, why hasn't the band created a Mulletron action figure? Because I want one. <laughs> dude, you're not wrong, man. We should. We really should. I don't know how. Where I don't know who we would call or. But yeah, we should, man. Well, 
coming out of that, I am just going to throw the gauntlet down. Obviously, we have two songs left, one pick each. And I am going to go with the obvious pick so that we could close with something different. But okay. I am going to go with my own worst enemy here in track nine because I feel like for an encore at the end of the tape, I would like the band to have kind of a different pick to kind of close the set out. But I do want to ask, because we're talking about movies right now, this song has had a resurgence in the last year because of the fact it was featured in the trailer for Clerks 3, which I won't spoil anything because I hate spoiling movies for people, but if you haven't seen Clerks 3 yet, wow, that's all I'm going to say. For you guys, how did it feel hearing that song back in the soundtrack for a movie that people, you know, kind of waited decades for this trilogy to finally come to a close? I was honored because Clerks has obviously got its its hardcore following. So when we found out, obviously, a, a way ahead of time uh, that it was going to be um, featured in, in that. And so it was an honor for sure. And it felt good, obviously. But you probably don't hear a lot of the movies that My Worst Enemy is a part of or or commercials or bumper music dude it's it's almost weekly not if not daily it's somebody sending us something like hey i heard your song here or did you realize that your song is a part of this and blah 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 and you say yes to things and then it takes six months to a year for it to finally come out and then it and then it hits you know i i forget how long clerks was i mean it could have been six months and then finally it came out you know from us saying yes to it to it actually happening but yeah, dude, it's Jeremy and AJ's dad said something years ago. He said, my worst enemy is the um, smoke on the water of our generation. And it's crazy because it really kind of is. It's the riff. It's the song. It's the sentiment. It's, it's everything all rolled into one. And we've honestly, we've been so blessed to have a song like that. And it has opened so many doors for us. And it's really opened a lot of people's ears to the rest of the music that has been written you know it's not they they open the door to enemy and they go wow you got a whole catalog of stuff let me dive into all this and so we're very fortunate to have something like that you know man i'm twisted on what song should be last but i'm gonna go with my heart and if i had to write a set list right now the last song on this mixtape i really feel i'm bummed that i didn't even think to put over my head on the mixtape because it's a single mm -hmm. and it's my favorite song to play live by far because the bass playing on it is it's great you know it's 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 fun to play for me it's got some cool parts in there that i really am, am proud of but to close this out i feel like a closer song might be cool if it was a place in the sun Ooh, the title track off of a place in the sun it's the last song on the album and it, it really has a cool feeling to it so i'm gonna go with that Wow, very cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. You like how I open the mixtape with the bass and drum and I'm closing it with bass and drum? Yeah. See, <laughs> See, there's a definite... And then you know what? The beauty, if this was an actual cassette, it would just click back over to side A and go right back into that My World bass line. Yeah, dude. Well, there you have it, mixtapers. Side B consists of no big thing, miserable, addicted, mouth shut, too Fast for a U-Turn, 4, Happy in the Meantime Remix, Lipstick and Bruises, My Own Worst Enemy, and A Place in the Sun. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com right now, and you could hear the entire playlist that Kevin and I just discussed tonight. Kevin, 
I can't thank you enough for joining me tonight and putting together this mix. I hope Lit fans take something away from this, and it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait for the next time the band comes through New Jersey. I can't wait to see you guys live again. My nine-year-old will be there singing Kicked Off the Plane at the top of her lungs along with me and everybody else. Lucky for her, we play it first so you can get her to bed. Thank you so much for the music. Thank you so much for the memories that the music has brought me. And most importantly, thank you so much for being a guest tonight on my weekly mixtape. Dude, I love this show, man. You did, it's a great concept, and it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. You can find my weekly mixtape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. If you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.